0: You have access to Entry 088.PS5502, Certificate Number 34995, Aztec Death Whistles.
1: So that that you're hearing is the sound of a Mesoamerican death whistle, the hollow screaming... Sound. What, what do you the, think? Well, that's terrible. That's a terrible sound. <laughs> Zero out of 10 stars. <laughs> I don't like... <laughs> Would not hear again. I don't like hearing it. Is it worse than this show that started with like eight minutes of chewing?
0: No, because a lot of that, a lot of that chewing was in support of, of, uh, of my overall love of chewing and of chewing sounds.
1: <laughs> you're, you're, you're so ASMR about chewing that you outvoted all the, <laughs> the misophonic people who did not want to hear the chewing sounds.
0: No, you know, our wonderful editor, Mark Miles... Um, has been doing the show now for a while, and and you know has become almost a, a year. Yeah, has become you know an integral member of the team, and is making a lot of executive decisions about the about the about
1: the number of chewing sounds, yeah, the tone that should be in and each show. timber
0: of the show. And I support all of his decisions.
1: Let's let us let us give him a, a window right here, Mark. If you'd like to put in any chewing into the show, this is the place <laughs> to do it. Everyone who does not want to hear the chewing sounds should hit the little don't skip do it, button. it, don't
0: do it, Mark. Uh, but I'm fairly confident that that screaming whistle was not Mark Miles's choice, but in fact something you sent him to illustrate the topic of the show. Another Mesoamerican artifact. Uh, What's going on here?
1: An, another, what do you mean another one?
0: Well, in, in addition to the ball game, the Mesoamerican ball game. It's true. Our second Mesoamerican... Uh, in just a few months. That's right.
1: This is our second Mayan slash Aztec omnibus.
0: It's almost as though uh, we like... Have themes on this show. I feel like I'm going to do some kind of 80s pop cultural reference next. Whoa! I know. <laughs> Watch the fans
1: faint in shock.
0: <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, Another aviation adjacent.
1: It's. I guess I didn't. It didn't even occur to me. This topic was actually uh, a listener suggestion from oh. our, our friend Pablo. Oh, oh, hello, Pablo. You remember, well, thank you. Do you remember Pablo? Of course I do. Course we do. sang Happy Birthday to his daughter at the. The live show here at Town Hall in Seattle. That's right. Like the day before coronavirus started. That's right. That was the, the show that gave everyone coronavirus. Very gracious people, Pablo and his daughter. They were lovely. Yeah. Uh, and then we did. We actually chatted with them. He's a he's a Patreon donor at such a level that uh, we hang out with him.
0: Yes, that's right. But but definitely a Patreon donor at such a level that we will do a show at his recommendation. Yes. Th- this isn't just like we met a guy and he was nice. And he and a was friend. so
1: cool that he starts slipping us topics.
0: That happens all the time. People are like, "Hey, we were
1: hanging out. You know, I've got a great idea for a topic." And it's like, "Well, topics are reserved for Patreon donors." I have a special pen, the ballpoint pen that doesn't write, that I can use to pretend to jot down <laughs> show ideas when people who are not giving at the appropriate Patreon tier right. try to suggest one. Coffee is for closers. Show <laughs> topics are for Patreon donors. I do give everybody a set of steak knives if they if mm-hmm. they don't get their topic on the show. Uh, Pablo requested Aztec death whistles and he's the first person ever to suggest a show topic where he also offered to have his daughter, uh, 3d print for us, the subject of the show, which I think should be the new requirement. Hmm. We will do your show topic. If, if your if daughter, you, if you have a son or daughter who will 3d, 3D print, print the, the topic, like if you want us to do Grant's tomb, right. We're going to need a 3d printed one Grant's to tomb. one scale. Yes. If you want Generalissimo Francisco Franco on the show. We need him 3D printed for us.
0: My next episode, actually, is going to be on uh, the, some of the world's largest ships. Oh, And wow. I would like those... Well, I came up with the topic, so uh, so it's a missed opportunity. You're going to have to 3D me. print. I'm going to I'm gonna have to have my daughter 3D printed. <laughs> she's going to have to put down her Star Wars figures for three seconds to learn how to use a 3D printer. She was doing math workbooks. You have no faith that she's actually doing the math workbooks. No, no, no. She's good. When you say do your math workbooks... She rolls her eyes and she says, "me" nee! at you half a dozen times, but then she does it.
1: She doesn't switch back to her her new
0: collection of Phantom Menace action figures. No. Oh, I screwed up so badly. I thought that, I thought that, so what I've been doing is um, buying Star Wars action figures online and- <laughs> This is uh, your new brand. In, after, after your tweet went viral. <laughs> in uh, I just, I buy them at, by lot. You know, I go on and say Star Wars action figures lot. And, you know, sometimes I'll get 50 of them at a time, in a Bastic, but I don't know Half of these things You know They're just like That guy's on the Jedi Council He looks like uh, A cartoon devil Half of them are G.I. Joe's Right You have no idea Th- And there were A couple of those And I was like Is this some kind of Transformer This doesn't This can't possibly be a <laughs> But they all are You know She's got a book That has all the characters So I, I'm flipping she, through Well her she knows
1: immediately Yeah
0: she does. She's gonna be like Well that's Newt Gunray Yeah Dad. she's like That's Gorb Glinglang And I'm like Gorb Glinglang Ugh But one of the things Was I was trying to I was convinced I had Anakin's mom. I had Padme and I recognized Padme, but there was another lady that I was sure it was Anakin's mom. Because Marlo's always talking about
1: Anakin's mom.
0: Really? For some reason, Anakin's mom figures pretty largely in her her cosmology. Well, you know
1: why? Why? Because there's no women in Star Wars. Right, but right, right, famously, right. Star, Wars, <laughs> Star Wars is universe with one female character. <laughs> so, and and never passes the Bechdel test, right? But
0: but Anakin's mom. So I had Anakin's mom. And I. So what I do is every night I go and I put one uh, Phantom Menace era.
1: Started at the start. I started with little Anakin. This and is something I, I could do to punish my kids, if if one Phantom Menace supporting character showed up in their <laughs> at the foot of their bed every
0: night. So you know, the first Anakin was like holding her, holding her bag of uh, holding the edge of her little bag of of bagels that she has one every morning. And then throughout the, you know, throughout the course of the last several months, like little Star Wars figures holding on to light switches and, you know, they just, they appear in the house. And I talked to her and she thinks her mom is doing it. Well, I know. that's.
1: that's do, you, do you feel like you're missing out on the credit?
0: No, no, no. That's perfect. I, I You know, I always want, I always want to be, um, I always want people to come to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be working, you want to be working in the shadows. That's right. Because then she'll come to me and confide. She's like, I think mom is like. She hasn't given me one in a couple of days. I think that something, you know, she'll come up with some theory about it. And I'm like, wow, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. Your mom's very unpredictable. But I put out Anakin's mom all excited about it. And she, when she found her in the morning, she was like, another Padme. (laughs) And I was like, how is that another Padme? And she's like, oh, well, see, this is the outfit that Padme wore
1: when she went to visit Anakin in his little hovel, she's like a queen. She's gonna, she's gonna have the right outfit in her in her right. Nabu shiny Naboo spaceship.
0: But why are the people who are making uh, these figurines making a Padme for every outfit? But I can't seem to find an Anakin's mom to save my life.
1: Is there a, a Shmi Skywalker? I have no idea. She's played by uh, one of Ingmar Bergman's favorite stage actresses, Pernilla August. Well, is there a Shmi? I can't find one you know well, anyway,
0: i uh so i but but i've gone a little crazy i have like 150 of these things in the waiting
1: and um, y- yes there is one here's is one that? on ebay for eight bucks should i just get it right now well i don't know what does it look like is it is she does she look like a another She's, padme or how do you well she is kind of wearing a nondescript dress it's kind of darker greenish gray than than padme in tatooine gear is she wearing sandals Can't really tell. Looks like no. Because I have another
0: figure that's wearing sandals, and I was like, "Is this a Padme too?" And Marlo's mom was like, "I don't know. I think that might be Leia on some like later episode." And I'm just like, "This is too confusing."
1: I do remember. I assume it's because they know they'll sell more Luke's and Hans and Padmes than than Gorb Gling Gling Who did you say? Gorb Glinglang. And and who is Gorb Glinglang again in the trilogy? He's
0: uh, he's he's on the Jedi Council, but he. you see the weird one with two heads or whatever, <laughs> right? He's got yeah. He's he's got he's got one head one named of those Gling alien and one named Gling. He opens his mouth and another mouth comes out. Oh, uh, no Rawr. one wants that.
1: Uh, so when I was when I had a full set of Star Wars Kenner Star Wars action figures as a kid, it would always be here's Luke in uh, Tatooine garb, Luke in Bespin fatigues. I still remember the name of the outfits. Wow. Luke in uh, X-wing pilot, and I would see him in the movie, and I'd be like, oh hey, Luke's got his Bespin fatigues on. In hmm. fact, he wears his Bespin fatigues on Dagobah too. They're not really Bespin fatigues, hmm. but the I always thought of them as his Bespin fatigues. For sure, so Bespin fatigues. And, and right now, I mean, some day, some days I get up and I look in my closet and I think, what to wear today? Why so don't Why don't I, I have, have Bespin fatigues? Where's my Bespin <laughs> fatigues? I have Bespin <laughs> fatigue from this conversation. I I want a figure. I want figures to
0: play with, right? And so, to have multiple Lukes would be confusing for me. As well, a person, well, would, if it was
1: a Barbie, you could switch out the outfits. Right, but all these have molded plastic molded outfits plastic that are outfits. that are part of them. So,
0: but she seems to be okay with having two Padmes. I think she she presses the one Padme into service as Anakin's mom. Quite frankly, uh, but if you well, talk that's to her, up. I know if, that's if you, if you talk to her, breastfeed about it, though, me like you did by the lake on Naboo. Mm-hmm. She, if, if if you ask her, she's gonna she wants to get it right, so she's gonna tell you that they're both Padmes, But I watch her. I watch. I know what she's doing. Uh,
1: and, and all the Phantom Menace, uh, I assume that's not by design. That's just what there is a glut of on the internet?
0: Uh, no. I, I don't know how much time you spend on eBay. I, zero. Time. You can, I just <laughs> looked up Shami Skywalker. You can learn so much about people uh, on eBay. But one of the things you can learn is by Googling or by by, by searching for Star Wars action figures lot – you can see what really matters to some people. <laughs> and there are people that have f- like 40 stormtroopers. And there are people that have um, one of everything. And
1: uh, I think there might be a particular glut of Phantom Menace era though, because that was the first Star Wars, act- the first time Star Wars action figures had appeared on shelves in 20 years. And I think all these Gen X crazy. kids went crazy. Yeah. Except now they cost $9 instead of uh When I was a kid, as low as one ninety five. If you can get them at Jafco, sure. Ralph's toys at the mall—they were five bucks. I wasn't doing that.
0: No, no, no. You're not going to go all the way to Ralph's anyway. Was that Ralph's at Northgate? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's nice to go look through, but then you order from the Sears catalog.
1: Exactly. Or you go to you go to Fred Meyer, where they're like pretty reliably two to three bucks. If you know, if it's 1981. Uh, but th- so uh, we think the listener should be three D printing you a Shmi Skywalker. That's what we've come around to. Listen, if there are uh,
0: futurelings in the distant future who are sentient Star Wars action figures, <laughs> please, please forgive me for having you know conflated. Or, or I'm
1: sorry, we insulted your best man fatigues. You look that's lovely. Right. You do look lovely. If
0: there are futurelings in the past who have like a giant bin of Star Wars stuff and they're like I don't know I don't know what to do with this send it to us at omnibus at PO box 55744 <laughs> five, four, Shoreline Washington 98155
1: five. and that concludes Aztec <laughs> death whistles entry 088. <laughs> <laughs> um i think you asked me for my Star Wars action figures, and my wife already gave them away. She sent them to Goodwill. That's
0: the that's one of the more tragic stories I've heard from you. Generally, when I ask you about stories of your life, they always, they always, you stick the landing in they, most they cases.
1: They end with a plucky young protagonist making good.
0: That's exactly right. You never you never have a story about like, well, and then I just had to like reconcile myself to the fact that I would never have the use of that finger again. You know, you're like always, you always... Encyclopedia brown your way out of whatever problem it is. But this one where you were like, yeah, I had a life, my my basically, um my life home of Star Wars figures that I'd spent my whole life collecting. My life home?
1: <laughs> is that like a Wookiee word
0: or something? <laughs> some of them, some of them worth money, you said. That was the, that was the real tragedy of
1: it. Yeah, I had very little sentimental attachment, but I was always telling my wife, hey, I'm going to, I got to get rid of these. And in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to get rid of them by reselling them on the internet. Yeah. Taking them
0: down to Comic-Con. And
1: what what she is hearing is, hey, the next time you go to Goodwill, take all this stuff. How many figurines did you have? Uh, I had given some to my nephew, I remember. But when I I found a new batch, and it had some of the last batch of Return of the Jedi figures that are, are now worth like 100 bucks each. Wow. Even though they are not MIB, as we say, mint in box.
0: Did you have uh, Obi-Wan where the
1: tip of his lightsaber hadn't been bitten off? No, those those things broke so fast. <laughs> the shortest unit of time is between a kid receiving a Star Wars action figure and losing the gun or right. the little lightsaber that comes out of Obi-Wan's wrist. Because you remember it had the little oh, gro- sure. groove in his forearm where the, you
0: could... The first thing I did was bite the little tip off of those. <laughs> I, I, I did it as soon as I opened
1: them off the box. The cape only lasts six minutes after that. Yeah. The cape shortly gets shredded. Yeah. I had a Darth Vader where uh, I popped off the head, and my dad glued it back on, but he could no longer turn his head. Oh! But oh. does Darth Vader really have to turn his That's head the thing. that Kinda much? kind of like
0: real Vader. Vader can't turn his head. all the Is way he around? like
1: one of these guys who turns his whole body yeah. when he has to move? Like somebody uh, that
0: had a couple of vertebra fused,
1: yeah, like a guy in a. So, uh, so we're gonna get a bunch of how many Shmi Skywalker's are we gonna get in the mail now?
0: Well, you know, I'm not Eight just to ten? I'm not just looking for Shmi Skywalkers. Of course, if you have other things, like she said the other day. She's like, I think I need a blaster. I was like, What do you need a blaster for? She's like, Well, blasting. <coughs> so, so blasting stormtroopers. And you know, like I used to have a blaster. I used to, have, I mean, my uh, my hand solo blaster did triple duty. I, I used that thing not just when I was playing Star Wars. That that was like.
1: Was that also your
0: uh, all-purpose cowboy gun? Yeah, and, and like spy gun. Sidearm. World War II gun.
1: Was it like a loophole? Your parents wouldn't buy you guns, but they'd buy you a, They'd buy you a, a blaster?
0: No, you know, my mom was a early 70s progressive and refused to buy me guns. So I made guns out of everything. Yeah. Like driftwood and stone and sc- scabetti and whatever. So eventually they relented. I would think- go to Fred Meyer and get my own guns.
1: Do you think today you can? Yeah. Well, I did then too. Do you think Pablo uh, is going to cancel his Patreon donation now that we just talked about Star Wars toys for the first half of his... uh of his Aztec death whistle show,
0: you know Pablo's probably uh, sitting forward in his chair. He's like, hanging in there. He's like, they're going to get back to it. I, on, I believe in Aztec these guys. Death whistles, Aztec death whistles. It
1: didn't even occur to me that we had done the Mesoamerican ballgame. Oh, when you agreed to do this? Yeah, this is all. I mean, it's not that I, I don't have a new. I don't have a new Mexican restaurant I'm promoting. If that's what you're asking. <laughs>
0: Ken's Hacienda. Come down to Ken's Rainforest <laughs> Cafe. I
1: have to. Uh, I have to
0: imagine, though, that you know the. Mayan and Aztec culture is tantalizing to us both because it's you know it's a North American culture that we have all these wonderful, um, all these wonderful sites, all this iconography, all Star Star
1: Wars adjacent. By the way, the the first
0: Rebel base is a Mayan temple. That's right. It's um, it's so evocative. It feels like it's uh, we have so many stories kind of from both sides of that first contact between the. Between the cultures, but there's also we also know so little about um, what the culture was. There's there's so there's there's not really a Rosetta Stone. And as we mentioned, that's
1: that's our own fault. You know, our being European European colonizers. Right. You know, the the Spaniards burned everything. They didn't want us to know about the mines and the Aztecs. And that's that's a lack of confidence. If you really think. Your brand of Iberian Catholicism is better than a civilization. You don't have to burn their codices. No, you're r- going to win the culture war on the merits. Sure, bring
0: their books out, lay them out for
1: all hey, to see. Look at this. Look at these dummies with their jaguar god. You don't yeah. want that, do you? Who wants a jaguar god? Everybody's like, oh,
0: I kind of want a jaguar. Yes, god. actually, that seems kind of better than this other thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's so I I feel like the omnibus needs to spend a little bit of time uh, dealing with. Um,
1: and if we're talking about stuff that went down the memory hole. I mean, the right. Mayan and Aztec empires, obviously, uh, you know, the, the giant tantalizing temples are still there in the jungle, but we don't know anything about the people who lived there.
0: Well, the thing about the omnibus, right, we're trying to get things through the aperture of the next apocalypse, but the Aztec death whistle has already gone through an aperture of a past apocalypse. We need to make sure, we need to give it a boost to get it through the next hole too.
1: Would you say it's more important to double boost something like that as opposed to, you know, 70s uh, Kellogg's breakfast mascots or whatever we're worried about losing? Well, because time is
0: a flat circle, I imagine that futurelings are going to make very little distinction between right, the, same. the Noid and an Aztec <laughs> death whistle, right? It's like, oh, that all happened back in...
1: They won't even remember. They'll get it confused. Oh, yeah, Tlaloc the Rain God. That's from, uh, that's the, from Fruity Pebbles commercials. Yeah, he was, like the,
0: the guy, he
1: was the guy from New Coke,
0: right? <laughs> I mean, in the same way that we we compressed 3,000 years of Egyptian history into just sort of like, oh, it was just sort of... Vid- Gypiana.
1: We do it for like the early 20th century, honestly. Anything, anything before you were born is like, oh yeah, that was just all one big time. Sure, the the, the flappers there during World War flappers II. Flappers and Beatles, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, when you talk about Aztec whistles making it through the memory hole, they have in our time, but just barely. They're, they're a case of a, a comeback, like a, uh, what would it be in terms of... In biology, it would be like a Lazarus taxon. Oh, uh, sure, Lazarus taxon. Something that's thought to be extinct and then comes back on the scene. This is the power of the internet is that stuff can be resurrected and become such a craze that uh, Pablo's daughter will be 3D printing it, even though it had been forgotten and sitting in dusty museums and warehouses for centuries. So so you mean this is like
0: discovering a clam that everyone thought had been extinct for 10 million years? Or is this a thing where someone was going through a, a, um, a government warehouse and found the Ark of the
1: Covenant? I guess it's more like the dusty government warehouse. Because the archaeologists had been duly collecting just thousands of aerophones, uh, Wind instruments, basically, mm. from Mesoamerican people, from flute. Aztecs and Mayans. Yeah, they're, uh, they're all very elaborate. They're, uh, some of them are flute-like. They have a, some have finger holes, like a flute or an ocarina. Some even have a fipple. Do, do you ever like to put your lips on a fipple?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never fippled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Naughty boy. Do you like fippling? What, do you know what a fipple is? uh wasn't Mr Fipple the one that kept squeezing the Charmin? <laughs> it's Mr Whipple Whipple uh a fipple is the thing on a on a wind instrument like a recorder or a, or like a one of those tin flutes that's kind of transverse like it's a you know oh, so you it's put it the in your mouth mouthpiece. it's the horizontal mouthpiece yeah got it
0: um so the how air, do I not know that term I'm a I'm a uh
1: a renowned flautist yeah you always you always play the rock flute in a lot of your uh Work right, but I guess not the recorder. I'm more of a, I'm more of a purist. Wait, is there any, is there a, is there any woodwind instrument on any Long Winter's record? On any Long Winter's record? Well, sure. I mean,
0: we have. um
1: Is there clarinet? There's, a, there's
0: quite a bit of, of saxophone.
1: Oh, um, that's right. There's saxophone. Saxophone. That's a Reed instrument. Yeah, we'll count that. Uh So the, the Mayans and the Aztecs made very unusual. uh Whistles and whistle adjacent resonators. Um, an aerophone is one of the, the four big categories of musical instruments. Something that's made by the movement of air, basically. And in rare cases, the air can be outside the instrument. Like, have you ever seen an Australian bull roarer? Yeah. So you, the air is the air that's making the noise is not contained within. Uh, it's it's actually moving through the air in that case. It's a guy spinning it. But, so is a uh, is a, a didgeridoo an aerophone? Yeah, but that's the normal kind where the it's a resonator. The air is inside the the air is inside the instrument. Is a um,
0: let's see what are some other aerophones?
1: A kazoo is a kind of um, uh, uh, aerophone called a membranophone, I mm-hmm, believe, which mm-hmm. means it kind of has that buzzy, <clears throat> shaky thing. You know, the sound does not come by the air going through a tube. It's the air.
0: You know, jiggling something. Yeah, I, I, a I, I often would play um, a comb and a piece of paper, <clears throat> and that to, to get a, that kind of like um, horn sound. I forget what what songs I would do that, but I, there there was always a song in a. Oh, like a the edge of a piece of would, paper? Are you doing? Well, no, those? you take a you take a, a, a just your typical hair comb, and you lay a piece of paper across the right. front of it, and then blow through it, and you get that resonance of the or the you know the rattle.
1: So, a bagpipe is an airphone? Oh, I'm wrong. A membranophone, according to the Hornbostel Sachs uh, system of musical instruments, which we all know and love. Yes. The, mem- uh, the membranophone is actually separate from airphones. You'd think that kazoos and, say, recorders would be in the same group, but they're not because oh. the sound does not come from the air through the passage. It comes from the buzzing of the thing. Kazoos are in the same group with kettle drums, interestingly. That is interesting. Uh, So the Spaniards uh, reported that they would see the Aztecs blowing just hundreds of whistles at the same time, making just this crazy cacophony uh, for you know ritual purposes that the Spaniards didn't write down, didn't care to understand.
0: So you wouldn't you wouldn't listen to it and think that
1: it was musical
0: so much as it was just phonical.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's we have these things because they sat in you know there's thousands of them in museums, but we don't know how they work. Uh, there's a uh, mechanical engineer. The, the serious study of them didn't begin until around 2000. So in this oh. millennium, a mechanical engineer named uh, Roberto Velasquez Cabrera uh, started collecting uh, hundreds of these whistles or replicas of them. Uh, and But the problem is, you know, he'd make copies. The problem is then you have to figure out how to play them. Right. Like in one case, he spent a year with this frog-shaped whistle trying to figure out what noise an Aztec or a Mayan would have got out of this thing.
0: Imagine it, sitting around the living room with, the, and this is your dad, and he's just you're watching <laughs> you're watching TV, and he's got this little frog. Uh,
1: How I guess, do you know you get it right? Exactly, the Mayans lost the instructions, right? It's it's, it's like losing your uh, Spanish, losing your Han Solo blaster. Yeah, maybe they yeah, maybe the Spaniards burned the instructions. It was all, it was all uh, oral knowledge, and nobody nobody remembered how to play these things. And they all have crazy—many of them have crazy shapes. Uh, there's one called—if you've ever been to Teotihuacan in, in Me- the Aztec site near Mexico City, you will hear what sounds like jaguar roaring. Or if you're one of the YouTubers that I looked up making this—recording uh, this happening, jaguars. Jaguars. <coughs> they always say jaguars. Good old jaguars. I've-
0: Is that just a YouTube thing, like it's a barrier to entry? If you don't say jaguar, I, I don't think you can't. it's an
1: affectation no. like Soviet
0: jaguar. It's not an affectation, <laughs> Soviet. There ought to have been an. I
1: think people actually think it's pronounced jaguar, jaguar, like they're wired up. Maybe they're those are robot jaguars. Do you
0: say jaguar? I do not. <laughs> I say jaguar. Jaguar, but, but think that's right. Ha- have these people never like heard of the the jaguar car? I what know. do they call it? Do they
1: call the car a jaguar? Jaguar. Maybe I, that's a good question. Maybe they think there's two. The jaguar is the car. The jagwire. Jaguar is the instrument. Jaguar. Anyway, you'll hear this roaring sound, and if you're alarmed, your guide will explain. No, no, that's just one of the hundreds of vendors here. One of the knickknacks they try to sell you are these little carved jaguar heads. Don't be alarmed. Now it's just a jaguar for the <laughs> May Queen in your in your uh, <clears throat> in your, in, row. your row, in your pyramid row. If you blow this thing, let's listen to a jaguar whistle. Roar. That sounds convincingly like a wild cat in the in the night. It in sounds the jungle. exactly like a wild cat, and you you make the you kind of make the rumble. I'm watching the guy's fingers. He's got his hands on a couple of the, the holes, and his mouth up against. It's not a fipple, but whatever the mouth aperture is, and you can see him to make it go to make it go from er uh, to. Uh, he he, oh. kind of flares his hand out like opening up. Sure, like, like the way a harmonica player would. You yeah, know? right. Um, he's he's using a mute on his trumpet. Yeah, of. basically the hand is is a mute. So when you mute it, it goes. It makes the low jaguar rumble. Oh. And when you really want it to kind of screech, uh you move your hand. But it's it's amazing. That's you know that's some some of these are as old as I think like 400 BC. Wow, and they're 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 doing better animal impressions than. You know than than anybody. Sure. Today. Than all the
0: than all the animal impression horns that we were building in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. I, I just realized I didn't have an end for that
1: sentence. I was I was thinking of some animal impressionist guy in a in a vaudeville act. Or something. We can put a
0: man on the moon, <laughs> but we can't make a whistle that sounds like a jaguar.
1: <laughs> there's some thought that maybe these were used as lures, right. um, because the, you know it's total. The question, as we'll see, is totally open as to what these things were used for. Because again, Spanish bonfires.
0: But it also feels like there's a lot of Aztec culture. Um, that at least from our perspective, without the instruction manuals, uh,
1: seems just designed to scare the shit out of people. That's, that's probably literally a big part of, I mean, it's not brown sound. It's not literally <laughs> going to scare the poop out of them. Right. But uh, a lot of the speculation about these whistles is what is the effect on the listener? And that's especially true of the most famous of these resonators, which is now often sold under the name of death whistle, either Aztec or Mayan death whistle uh it often looks like a little skull yeah the one you may have seen the one that uh pablo's daughter 3d printed for us looks like a little skull right sometimes they look like owls which i thought you would enjoy
0: yes i do enjoy an owl you
1: you don't you think that owls are the spookiest of the uh of the birds
0: yeah baby owls especially very spooky
1: don't you have a thing about owls oh you want to hug them what is it you want to do you want to sleep on them
0: no, owls appear in my room sometime in the oh, middle right, of the night right. dis- disguised as pillows. Them, you get
1: alien abductions. Yeah. But they're disguised as pillows. You do want to sleep on them. It's yeah, a, they're soft. What you really want is to sleep on a on a puffy owl. Yeah, it's their, I mean, their beaks and their big spooky eyes are are discomforting. You just want to turn that side down. Yeah. And the, you just hope that owls can't turn their head all the way around. Little, oh, no, wait. Oh, the, ouch.
0: They can. little downy owl baby pillow.
1: The, um, I would, a, but
0: I would I would sleep on a jaguar, frankly, if it was if it was tame. Is it? It's declawed. Well, or tame.
1: Is there such a thing as a tame jaguar? I don't think like, so. Like Siegfried and Roy thought they were doing great. There's a tame impala. <laughs> would you sleep on we, a we Would you sleep on a tame impala? <laughs> but you didn't sleep on them. They probably had their own bus. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they, uh, the opening act always sleeps on top
0: of the. Ken, we've been talking for a while about having more merchandise available for futurelings.
1: We have had really good intentions about that, yeah. I would say for years.
0: And a lot of futurelings want to rep the show. They want to be out there in their own communities saying Omnibus yo yo Omnibus and we have uh we've been forcing them to make their own t-shirts and hats.
1: They have to put signs on their backs that say Omnibus ask me how. That's right. Uh, they they spray paint Omnibus
0: on their computer terminals and or laptops and their Well, their co-workers used to say, what's that mean? And now they just have omnibus-themed Zoom backgrounds.
1: All that is about to change. We are finally getting serious about shirts with other merch, TK, in time for the holidays.
0: That's right. We've partnered with our friends at Meh uh, to design not just two new T-shirts— But two new t-shirt designs every month going forward.
1: In October, we are starting out with the Omnibus and Futurelings shirt designs that longtime fans may remember from the last time we got our act together, uh, well over, what, a year and a half ago? I don't remember those t-shirt designs. Can you you refresh my memory? (laughs) One of them says Omnibus in the yellow logo, kind of distressed looking on black. It's cool. That's cool. The other one says Futureling with a series of uh, possible... Uh, listener forelimbs, claws and tentacles and robot hands. Those are great. And I know a lot of
0: people that didn't get a chance to get those shirts when they were originally available have asked for reprints. So that's nice.
1: So those are coming back on Mediocrity.com slash omnibus. That's M-E-D-I-O-C-R-I-T-E-E, Mediocrity with a T-E-E at the end. Courtesy of our friend uh, Dave at Me, who owns my styrofoam head, and and made us tell stories about our childhoods.
0: So these new shirts, uh, this first run of shirts, will be available until November first. At which point, a new run of shirts will be available. So that's just in time for the
1: holiday season. These are soft, high quality shirts available in sizes uh, small through triple uh, XL for women, quadruple XL for men. Uh, they are great looking shirts. Uh, the Futureling shirt is drawn by me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm not each one. I don't have that kind of time.
0: No, but I remember. I remember you submitting that design to me, and me going,
1: "Yeah, yeah, whatever. Stop sure, talking to me about stuff. Sure, can't you see I'm busy?"
0: <laughs> and then the other one is our uh, is our famous uh, omnibus uh, like Fallout Shelter logo.
1: So head on over to Mediocrity. That's m e d i o c r i t e dot com slash omnibus and check out. The new designs uh, all October and then with more to come uh, every month going forward. So the, the Mesoamericans must have thought that the owl was also a scary... Yeah, I think it is. ...shape or organism. I mean,
0: when you think about the... Um, you've been to Mesoamerica.
1: Yeah, maybe that's why we're doing all these shows. I'm like the, the kid that goes to Europe once as an exchange student and, <laughs> and then... Speaks with a French accent for, for the next year. For the rest of the semester.
0: But, I, but you know, the the kind of... Quality that the undergrowth has there, where I think even probably when, uh, when there were massive cities in the Yucatan, they probably were always pushing the, the, um, the flora. Back, 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 constantly. You know, the jungle there is. The flora one, by the way. The flora did. There's win whole eventually.
1: temples you can't even see because they're under triangular mounds of earth and vines and flowers.
0: But it's a, it's, a, there's a curious quality to that jungle, that underbrush, which is just like it's impenetrable and it's, um, and it's inexorable. You know, it just is, is, um,
1: you, you can't see far enough ahead to know if there's nothing that will kill you. And there probably are things that will kill you. Right. And
0: so I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm trying not to like orientalize in the sense of saying like, it's spooky, it's a spooky country. But, but if you think about a rainforest or a forest that has like many, many tiers where the tallest trees are very tall and then there are vines and there's underbrush and, you know, the, it's like a very diverse environment, you don't think of it as quite as spooky as that, as that, um, that kind of Mayan, like where the, where the, where the brush really has its own, it feels like it almost has an intelligence.
1: The, it just occurred to me now that, uh, of all the animals that, that do spooky screams, most of them are jungle animals, right? It's, it's, uh, it's monkeys up in the canopy. It's you know, parrots and other kinds of tropical birds. There's but a lot of screaming in the jungle. All the blood-curdling animals are, are jungle. And they're not the dangerous ones, right? Like, you'd think that... Crocodile is just going to wait in silence. Yeah, all the things that kill you are going to be pretty quiet.
0: In the north, we have howling wolves and coyotes, which are spooky sounding. That's true. Um, but like a bear isn't scary. Is It isn't spooky sounding. It's scary. But if you heard a bear...
1: Roar. Roar, roar, roar! A bear's a bear's like a, a fun, friendly sound yeah, until like, it kills you. Hey, grunter! What's up, roar, roar, big pig? Um, so I wonder if the screaming animals of Mesoamerica are some of the inspiration for the because you heard that sound it made. It's it's yeah. it's eerie. It's rack, unearthly. Rack. It's um. It it, do, it sounds enough like a scream for it to be human, but then it's in some kind of uncanny valley between human and and g- ghostly or. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a zombie sound,
0: really. Yeah, that death it's, whistle is in that qu- in that 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 place where you're like, is that a woman screaming, and should I call the police, or is that? It could be a nature sound, right? It could be wind whistling through something, right? Uh, uh, in in our context, it could also be somebody whose starter <laughs> it, it needs to be
1: replaced.
0: You know, that's, lo- probably, that's
1: probably not what the Mayans thought. No, that's right. They're like, God, get a new starter for your Ford. When you see uh you know, Velasquez. Velazquez, is that his name? Yes. I was just guessing. Velazquez uh, has shown cross sections of these, of these resonators. And in fact, it, the, the multiple complicated chambers seem like it's, you know, they're, they're a real engineering feat. They're a feat of science and musicianship to, to make something sound like that. And uh, some people have said it's not unreminiscent of the way the human larynx looks in oh. cross section. Like if you, and I guess for various reasons, maybe the Mayans would have been able to study the human throat <laughs> uh-huh. or the Aztecs. And, <laughs> Went through a period where they were cutting people directly in half. <laughs> yeah, once <laughs> once you've done that once, you're like, yeah, hey, I wonder if I can make my whistle look like that. And so were it these, kind of duplicates these human sounds. Were these
0: whistles always recognized as whistles or did they go through a long period where they sat in museums as artifacts and nobody realized they were meant to be played?
1: I think people knew they were whistles. They've got the, They've got the mouth aperture and most of them have finger holes. So I think people would have just, by the hollow shape, but people did not think of them as serious artifacts. You're right. People were like, oh, we've got these toys. Oh, toys. You know, we'll just put these with the other goofy rock on a string, you know, uh-huh. uh, that we found. And nobody really took them seriously. But in fact, uh, now that there's been some study of them, there's tons of theories about what these might have meant to the minds. and it's not just children's toys at all. Um The Oh, one other thing about why the sound is so disturbing. I guess those are the highest frequencies the human ear can even hear. Whoa. So they seem they seem cali Whoa. Is that a mind death whistle? The mind death whistle of our times is Seattle Police Department, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're not sure what they're for. We hear them sometimes.
1: Um very spooky. So So what are they for? Um, You know, the the Spanish said they saw hundreds of them, hundreds of minds playing whistles at the same time. And so it's possible they were, you know, we just heard a police and It's possible they were crowd control. They were the equivalent of modern sonic warfare. You know, they would be used in war to intimidate an enemy. Um, Oh, interesting. And that's something that we, you know, we did a whole entry about military applications of sonic technology, right?
0: Well, and we didn't even really get into... um Thinking about sound as psychological warfare from in prehistoric times or or in um I mean, even the bagpipe is meant to spook your enemy, I think primarily. If if you know, if men are mustering on the opposite hillside and all of a sudden, do
1: you think that's true? Do you think think, even do you think even the Scots know that's kind of a a scary then why do they do it at like funerals and and uh, and receptions and ceremonies? Well, then it became it became sentimental. It caught on.
0: But I bet you, if you were facing a if you were facing a uh, a bunch of like guys holding swords, and that was the sound that accompanied them. I mean, that's what bugles are all about, right? We yeah. we we use bugles to signal all kinds of fun things now, but they were always meant as like here we come.
1: Yeah, it's true. The, trump, you know, the trumpet goes to biblical times or beyond. The trumpet is, a, is an intimidating sound. And I guess you could also use it to signal to others on your side, right? That's, right. It does have a tactical purpose.
0: And a bagpipe, I think you can hear at great distance because it, it, it's making sound across the whole
1: You see a bunch of guys spectrum. with no pants and you're like, we got these guys. And then they start making this banshee dirge right? and you're like, oh no. Their
0: faces are all painted. They know
1: and- something we don't know. That's why they're not wearing pants. Um, and, and we, I guess we talked about this as well, the, you know, making Noriega listen to ACDC or whatever, you know, that's, <laughs> there's still a modern kind of ops component to, to scary sounds. And the way that that, those sounds
0: like they, they, uh, they enable one person to sound like either many people or to sound like a thing much bigger than themselves. Or in the case of ACDC, four people. It sounds like four, (laughs) but four very small people in the case of ACDC. In the case of Bon Scott. (laughs) The the tallest (laughs) member of ACDC is five foot two. Um,
1: Have you heard about, did we talk about this in the Brown Sound episode, this invention called the mosquito? Uh, The illegality is being hotly contested, mostly in EU jurisdictions where they're legally ahead of us. It's the thing that convenience store owners play Outside their store, like a kind of a high pitched buzzing sound that teen ears can hear and be annoyed by, but beat up middle aged ears like ours have have lost that frequency. Really? So regular shoppers will just walk right in, but the unruly teens who might be oh. sauntering and and loitering outside, teens. trying to get somebody to buy them Rolling Rock or whatever, uh, you know they they are like, what, what is that? Do you guys hear that?
0: Well, you remember the McDonald's here on Third uh, and.
1: Pine Crack Donalds, that's uh, the internet
0: calls it. Yeah, Crack Donalds. Uh, for a long time, about ten years ago, the managers were playing just hardcore country <laughs> out front in in the, an attempt to drive away the
1: homeless people. Hate country
0: music. We homeless all know people and teen and unruly teens who congregate out in front of that McDonald's. You know, it was it, they were just playing straight George Strait. Straight, straight, um, old, old, straight George Straight. They call him, and uh, I don't think that it cleared people out. I think it just annoyed everybody. Because <laughs> where else are you going to go? <laughs> it's not that bad. There's, I mean, George
1: Straight is great. There's a visual equivalent where um, they do they have some kind of wavelength of blue light that makes it less pleasant to hang out there. I think you know you and your friends kind of look ugly, and oh, if you're I an insecure see. teen, you don't like the color that makes that shows every blemish on your skin, right? Right. Have you heard about this? No, like,
0: that's. Right, but I can uh, totally see it. It's, you're like if I own, if
1: I own a Seven Eleven. Well, but all it's of like those, the color of the blue Slurpee.
0: All of those things like completely miss how resilient teams are. <laughs> right. If they if what they want to do is hang out out in front of a place,
1: it's it, it underestimates both how oblivious they are. M- right. Many will not even notice, but also how stubborn they are. You know, like if they sense they're not wanted. That's just, that's like catnip.
0: Oblivious and stubborn, it's, those are basically the defining characteristics of
1: being a teen. Those so, are the two kinds of teens there are. Yeah. All you can do
0: is, I don't think there's anything you can do.
1: By the way, I was reading a thing about how color temperature of light is very culture dependent. I read that Did too. Did you see that? Yeah, Where was that?
0: Uh, well, people were talking about our light bulb episode and saying uh, someone on the Facebook page said that oh, what yeah. we think of as warm light kind of an orangish tone. Right, is uh in many cultures it's the bluer light that is considered more homey and comfortable.
1: Why? Why is a blue light cozy? I don't know
0: but but You think it I think we're right. It's the firelight of the hearth. His example or or who ever example it was on the on the page was saying that sometimes you know, you'll go into a Middle Eastern restaurant mm. and it feels like the light is just completely like cranked blue Aggressive your, light. Your
1: your euro is like a weird color of the, that doesn't even look like meat, and you get it to go.
0: Yeah, and he and he uh, uh, and our correspondent was saying like this is actually a cultural difference, and from the perspective of the people that run the restaurant, that is what is considered like inviting, and
1: that makes sense. I'm going to walk back my cultural chauvinism. If it's a desert culture, they're going to mm. associate a bright, blown out yellow orange light with the with the trackless desert. When you get to your home, you're going to want cool blue shadows, oh, right? Cool blue shadows. That's it, that totally makes sense.
0: Sure, it's cool blue shadows versus uh, versus like crackling fire in yeah, a heart. if
1: you're from Denmark, you need to get away from the blue icy outside, and and you want the warm light of your of your stove. Whoa! Where is the research paper on this? So it's possible that um, so we talked about the psychological effect. It may have been used in war, um, th- but there's a there's an even weirder effect you get if you play more than one of these death whistles at once. Hmm. It's kind of maybe it's not unlike the resonances we saw in the when we talked about Tuvan throat singing in mm-hmm. the Omnibus. You remember like you would play two tones and kind of a third tone would appear. Yeah, I guess there's an effect like that where phantom wavelengths will appear, like the vibrations will interact in such a way that you'll get these phantom notes that are in neither that are in neither whistle. And if those notes are coming in an infrasonic range, like kind of below what the ear can consciously hear, there are starting to be people researching what the effect is on the psyche. Like, right. do you get altered conscious? Like, I think they're seeing evidence of altered consciousness, like people having, seeing and thinking weird things. Interesting. The heart rate will alter. Um, so it's possible that this was used medically to treat illness by mesoamerican peoples or maybe like to induce some kind of trance or dream state for for mystical experience which is not what i get when my kids are blowing on some irritating wind instrument like if if i hear a, if i go to a, a third grade recorder concert which i've had to do for two different wow generations of kids ouch you do hear two recorders playing and they are not playing the same note no, usually
0: not at anywhere close
1: but i do not get any kind of cool infrasonic um like, orchids don't open in my, in my consciousness and send me down a, a path of discovery to the jaguar god.
0: You know, we all in modern times have so many ways of altering our consciousness um, that we're not even really aware that that's what we're doing. Um, all you have to do is go downstairs and turn on your TV, and you are transported to a place that no prehistoric person would have had access. That's
1: disappointing to me. That we think about how cool it is to go into a trans state, but really, I just I have it every time I pull out my phone. Yeah,
0: six six hundred times a day. Um, so, any kind of pre industrial society, you would be looking for those transportive opportunities, and if there, that's as
1: close as you can get. I mean, how many senses
0: a- are there? Depending on whether you believe in extra senses, um, there are what I always forget 17? Seven, 70 senses. There's,
1: there's the usual six, five. Oh, okay,
0: so five, right. It was, I knew it was between five and 70.
1: Well, we've talked about this before. There are kind of dozens of others. The, right. the perception of pain is not the same as touch. Right. Knowing where all your limbs are, like proprioception. Umami. There's umami for sure. <laughs> like knowing how your hand, knowing the rich meaty taste of your hand without even having to look at it or mm-hmm. lick it. Uh, but yes, there's, there's a small number of senses. And to overload
0: one with like... Uh, like waves and waves of I'm just jealous sound.
1: Of, of a brain that's so fresh and untroubled by civilization, like mm-hmm. an ancient Mayan, that you could be just be wowed by a whistle. I think hey, it's play that frog whistle again, man. That was good. I, I think that it's um,
0: when I was a teenager, I, I would put on She's So Heavy by the Beatles and close my eyes at, because I sensed in that. In that particular recording, it's a menacing guitar, right? Yeah, and just bow, the bow, just the bow, um, bow, the bow, static bow. that kind of is brought into the oh, right at the end. It comes up that there was that that I that I could feel that that was doing something to me. It was it was taking me somewhere, and it's why I like My Bloody Valentine and and the late sort of eighties Cure, all that shoegaze stuff, where the 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 volume and the amount of static that's in the track. Does sort of um, transport you, Uh, but they
1: didn't have the cocktail twins. They didn't have
0: the cocktail twins. They had to make it with little skull whistles.
1: That's funny. I was going to ask about this same thing. If there are, because you know, it's it's debatable whether we should consider this as music or not. You know, once we learn that it's got all these other, all these other applications in war and peace and medicine and whatnot. But uh, but are there musical sounds today that have that same kind of scary quality i i I immediately thought of kind of that ominous shoegazy buzz yeah Um, i mean
0: distortion absolutely but if you think about all industrial music
1: yeah um and i was kind of thinking about distorted sonic youth guitar like when you've got thurston and ronaldo playing at the same time or i guess that's two different tunings Uh, same as two different recorders
0: but but now with electronic music you can make stuff that you can make sounds sound anything like like anything you want, right? And we and we understand the difference between a, a uh, different s- sine waves and and synthesizer people are are monkeying with stuff. So we could
1: make only pleasing sounds. We could make only pleasant, reassuring sounds. But just like the Mayans and the Aztecs, we want aggressive. We want screams and wails and ghosts. Right. Um. And over and and you know what we do in recorded music
0: is overlay sounds with other sounds. It's just the whole, There's if you want to listen to Jewel play her acoustic guitar on a beach, you have that option, but most wow. recorded music- if, if you're willing to pay her cameo fee. <laughs> most recorded music now is multi-tracked layers and layers and layers and layers of sound, and it sounds like that's what they're doing here.
1: You if, know, yeah, 50
0: people playing A Little Skull.
1: And producing kind of complicated, by overlaying sounds, you're kind of overlaying whatever the simple reflexive emotional response in the brain is. So it produces either complicated emotions or the illusion of complicated emotions, depending on your theory of consciousness, I guess. And,
0: and if it's, if it's producing phantom tones, it's absolutely producing phantom melody because your brain is going to put melody in.
1: I hear melody in my white noise machine. Yeah. I, no- I noticed the other night as I turned my head, I could get different sounds out of my white noise machine and this is as close as I get to, to mushrooms because I'm <laughs> I'm so straight edge, but like I was noticing like some of the stuff I was hearing was in like weird time signatures. Yeah, like I could get five four and seven four out of my white noise machine just by tipping my head.
0: Your brain will absolutely do that if you if you put if you put four sounds together, you're going to pick out um, a
1: tune. We only have one known case of a death whistle being found in its archaeological context, and it, and it gives us a clue as to what at least the Aztecs uh, used these. Whistles for these aerophones for in 1999. Uh, there's a district of Mexico City called Tlatelolco, uh-huh. which I think today is most famous for the namesake riots that happened there right before the '68 Olympics. Um, this often happens when the eyes of the world are on a are on a, a city or people. You suddenly you get activism, and in this case, the Mexican government I think just shot hundreds of people. So Tlatelolco means something. To Mexican activists, but there was a there's a large scale Aztec ruin there as well. And in 1999, they were excavating a temple to Ehecatl. I'm sure you know this, but Ehecatl is the Aztec god of wind. Oh, and sure, it, sure. I, you you I, were just going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say god of wind. Yeah, yeah, Lord of the Night Wind. Uh, in and in the hand of one of the the skeletons unearthed, who had been uh, a 20 year old who had been sacrificed, an actual skeleton, not a not a statue of a skeleton, right. Not a 3D-printed skeleton by hmm. Pablo's daughter. <laughs> In its hand, it's clutching a death whistle. And so now we have a very close connection between the Mesoamerican practices of human sacrifice and the death whistles.
0: We know that the death whistle was
1: something that humans held. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, it, well that's we're onto something well and a human that was being sacrificed right okay so it's got ritual purpose and it's in the temple of the wind right the the wind God there's a, there's also a Spanish account of how um you know a, a youth from the Aztecs would be chosen and for one year would be feted as the as the Lord of the night wind and he would have all the the pomp and the, the ceremony of that God and take on its attributes and wear its its makeup and robes and whatnot and then at the end of the year, um, he would be symbolically sacrificed. So it wasn't just sacrificing your enemy. It was, you know, we're gonna appease the gods by sure. for, for whatever reason reenacting their stories and then sending them on to the next world. It's
0: a it's a it's a advanced sort of rumspringer. <laughs> you get, it's a
1: permanent rumspringer. You get one year to be a god and then <laughs> Is that a is that a weird Al record? Permanent Rumspringer? Uh And the wind is actually, you know, and because it's the wind god, you can understand why whistles, you know, breath would have been particularly symbolic to them. And maybe that explains kind of the weird howling sound if we're supposed to associate it with a wind god. Uh, I was reading about the Aztec underworld, Mictlan, uh, and wind is actually part of the story there. So I wonder if that's... I wonder if that's what happens there. So, Mictelon is a nine-leveled underworld where the Aztecs believe most of the dead were headed.
0: That's interesting. Just- Same as Dante, you mean? Yeah, just nine levels, apparently, is what human beings- Well, isn't that what
1: you would, If somebody just asked you- How many levels does hell have? Unawares, yeah. Hey, how many levels do you think would be in hell? Uh,
0: uh, nine. You'd probably be like, nine, nine right? Right, it's, it's
1: just the natural answer. Sure. Uh, if you want to go to Mictelon, what you need is a yellow dog- you right. need to follow a yellow dog.
0: Follow a yellow dog.
1: Here's what happens. There are so many, good band. Yellow, good, are
0: so many good band names in this episode. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't keep up.
1: Uh, okay, you
0: need a yellow dog. You need to
1: go to the temple of the dog. Here's what happens. If you find a... The yellow dog will get you across the nine rivers. If you find a white dog, he will tell you, I can't take you across the river. I'm just washed off and I'm nice and clean. And oh, if it, you
0: and, need a dirty dog is what they're saying. But
1: not too dirty. The black dog will tell you, if I take the river, it'll wash off my black stain. A yellow dog is just dirty enough. So, to get to the nine levels of the underworld, you have to go across nine
0: rivers, and each level of the underworld is separated by a river? Apparently. I see.
1: Which doesn't make sense. You would think rivers would not be a good uh, vertical divider. No,
0: right. <laughs> but as you go down, well, but there are a lot of cenotes in uh, this part of the world. Sure. So, as you go down, there are rivers. There are under rivers.
1: Hell is a cenote. That's what I've always said. There you go. Um, the, uh, in fact, they would bury... They would bury people with a yellow dog just to make sure they had a guide. If you were if you were a wealthy Aztec, um, and they would bury you with a Mexican hairless. Like is they, this is this like finding a white rooster. They didn't call them Mexican hairlesses. No, they would just call them hairlesses. Uh, Mixlon is a. It's not a nice underworld. There was kind of an eagle jaguar heaven for brave warriors, like a Valhalla type of place. But that was mm-hmm. very limited. Most everybody else just went down to hang out with the rotting Lord of the Dead, who's gross. He's always drinking pus from human skulls. That's terrible. Um, you you get food there, but it's like um, it's like a parody of, of good Mexican food. Like it's cantina food, but like the tamales are full of beetles. Instead, yeah. you think that you get a scoop of frijoles, but it's actually going to be like bloody human heart tissue. Why do you want this? You don't want to go to this place. The garnishes are not the radishes there. It's actually like prickly poppies. Yeah, it's not fun. And then there's a list of each hell. Each of the nine levels has an obstacle burning deserts, freezing gorges, and a lot of them are are uh, you know there's a terrible blue lizard and a jaguar will eat your heart, cliffs crash onto you like earthquakes, but many of them are wind related, like wind blowing knives at you spinning through the air. Right. Um just wind knocking you around the you cavern. See that in Alaska,
0: the the knife wind.
1: Is that are there actual knives? Yeah,
0: yeah, ice knives.
1: Uh you have to climb a mountain of razor sharp obsidian while you know while these gale force Winds pummel you. Why so, are you trying to get across the nine rivers? Does it get better or does it just get worse? You're trying to get to Mitlantecuhtli's throne. He's oh. he's the god of the dead. But when you get there, your reward for braving all these awful punishments is is non existence. You you disappear into nothingness.
0: Sounds better than any other option offered. That's what you want. Yeah, just like get me to nowhere.
1: You're like put me in my mushroom silo, or, or I can't remember wherever it is you want to be buried, uh-huh. and I and I just want sweet bliss, no obsidian sharded anything, please. No, no. So the death whistles may make that windy whistling sound specifically to convey uh, what awaits, what awaits the Aztec <laughs> beyond Follow the yellow
0: tr- <laughs> brick dog, as you said.
1: But it's not it's not a hopeful sound, basically. Well, it's,
0: yeah, you it's it's your only option. I'm I'm hearing either you're one of a very few that goes to Eagle Valhalla. Or you're one of everyone else who's consigned to one of the nine levels of the underworld, and, and you're, only you're, the very, very fewest of those can brave every like
1: pus skull and get back to zero. Get basically. back to nothing. Yeah, which is which is the goal. Wow, it's kind of the goal of podcasting, right? Like, just try to get back to nothing. Don't just, don't do anything so annoying that anybody hits. The, don't do loud chewing noises. All this, all this wind.
0: And that concludes Aztec Death Whistles, entry 088.PS5502, certificate number 34995 in the Omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, talk about a mighty wind.
1: <laughs> oh, shoot. I didn't play, We didn't play the video of – Pablo actually sent us video of the, of the whistle they made, and his was a little less scary. Oh it sounds a little something like this. <laughs> so his was not quite as scary.
0: No, no, no. But not meant to be as scary. It's more of a you know It's, it's, it's a, a
1: fun death whistle. It's an an evolution. It's more of an afternoon death whistle. Afternoon. It's, it's, a, it's a brunch death whistle. <laughs> afternoon death whistle. <laughs> so thank you for uh thank you for sending us that video. Yeah, uh, that was wonderful, Pablo. Pablo thank we'll, you and we'll, Pablo's wonderful daughter. We'll put it up on the We'll put it up on the Patreon.
0: Um you can go to Our uh, social media sites and almost certainly hear a discussion about death whistles and probably um, innumerable examples of of fan-made death whistles. Because if I know futurelings, I know that Pablo is not the only one who has 3D printed a death whistle.
1: You'll probably hear complaints about various sounds we made. During the last hour, intentionally or not. That's right. You can find a list of the counts of times our chairs squeaked.
0: Yes, there is a, an entire Twitter feed that is just devoted to counting
1: the squeaks. Do you think you're... At what point will your chair have more Twitter followers than you? Are you worried about this eventuality? I am. I am. You got to do more Star Wars jokes. I
0: do. I do. I got retweeted by Judd Apatow yesterday. <gasps> you
1: did? Yeah. What did you say that was Judd worthy? I don't think I was on Twitter.
0: Oh, I was just... You know, the uh, as we're recording this episode there's a resurgence of protests in portland because the federal government um because decided they sent in the secret police yeah, they, sent in, they sent in completely untrained like border patrol desk jockeys in enterprise rental cars and uh and it and they they underestimated the degree to which the entire nation of portland would would respond kind of like teenagers that that uh Cannot be driven away from the front of your marketplace. If there's a,
1: one thing I know about the current administration, they are oblivious
0: and they are stubborn. They're b- oblivious and stubborn, but also people from Oregon are are not oblivious, but very stubborn. It's true. Um, and I think I think the Trump administration thought that Portland was being plagued by a small handful of skateboarding terrorists, anti-fa terrorists. And what they didn't realize is that everyone in Portland is basically you. They will become a skateboarding anti-fa terrorist if you give them. Any excuse, right? If you just – if you give them a reason to band together, they will, and they have. And so I was tweeting in support of that, just saying, you know, Portland gets a lot of uh, – Portland gets a lot of teasing for being
1: – Oh, right, for the unicycles. That's yeah,
0: for being what it is, for, which is a ridiculous place. People out walking their ferrets. But um, but the thing about it is that underneath that ridiculous uh, affectation, it's actually a, a northwestern p- – Northwestern place with a lot of grit and a lot of determination and like, you know, don't mess with us up here. Yeah, we're, we're,
1: uh, we're pioneer people. We yeah. want to be left alone.
0: Nobody messes with Portland more than I do, but when the chips are down, Portland and Seattle will. They're casting with their fellow Cascadians. Yeah, we're Cascadians and we're not going to screw around. You'll, you'll, you notice from the, the way the protests take shape out here in Seattle and Portland. It's not like other places. We we, um, we don't go home. <laughs> you know, that's the, the sad thing about us,
1: or the great thing. We don't want the reassuring orange light of our dens.
0: Anyway, so for whatever reason, Judd Apato was made aware of it, and then um, and then gave me a signal boost. Of course, that tweet with all its many thousands of faves still does not have the number of faves that any remark you make about Tootsie Rolls. At the same gets. time,
1: I was like, might have tomato soup and a grilled cheese for lunch. Don't eight, b- know eight thousand likes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't decide. <laughs> Uh, and that is the nature
0: of my existence, I'm afraid.
1: No, your but, Twitter is beloved. You guys oh, should follow John at, at John Roderick Oh, that's nice. Thank and and unfollow yet. the chair squeak one. You don't want the John's no, chair I to get more. No, I think the chair
0: squeak one is, qu- is great. Because it's, Are you they going to count these
1: intentional squeaks you're doing? you're, just, you're so. You're working the refs here. I think so. Look at what I you're mean, doing. The thing is that I, I don't think that
0: the chair squeak Twitter like, time codes each individual squeak
1: but, they, but they're, they're ever running total are they gonna count that top. as one or is that eight that, that you that, just that's
0: did? you know I'm not I'm not in charge of it so up, I don't to, know.
1: up to the judges
0: yeah. um, you can go to uh, Ken at Kim Jennings if you want to be part of the you know the mass happening that it is uh, faving Ken's tweets
1: you know if you want to be the cool if you want to watch Will and Grace, go to at Ken Jennings. But if yeah. you want the cool stuff... Yeah,
0: if you want to go to the underground theater that's happening in a black box somewhere where the, <laughs> the bathrooms smell like bleach, you can go to at John Roderick. That's the Largo. Those. That's right. Um, and also Instagram, etc., etc. You can email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. It's not The Omnibus Project, is it? Oh, it is. Theomnibusproject at gmail.com is our email address.
1: That's annoying to me that we couldn't get Omnibus Project.
0: Well, it is to me too, but some... Some 2 dinglings in in the UK who had a, a show that had four listeners got that email address back in 1994. Did
1: I tell you I have a shot at getting KenJennings.com without the hyphen back? Oh, who has it now? Uh, this, I think I've said this before. This guy who ran for oh right Florida state senator or something right.
0: 20 and, years ago. And then never tweeted again.
1: Yeah, and doesn't want it. It's just some alt text Geocities page, basically. And what, it's a, it's a dot .com. Yes, he has every. He has Ken Jennings dot asterisk. He has everything. Wow, and that's why I had to settle for a hyphen. Uh, How are you going to do? Did you
0: have you made a, an arrangement with his estate? I have uh, found a hitman. Uh
1: huh. To go to the no, boat where this guy talk, lives. Don't talk about that on the show. No. Uh, from what I can tell, he has let the site expire for reasons of his own. Which but means I thought
0: when that happened,
1: that they just went into a nether world forever. There is a. I think there's an auction period. And I'm saying this now because I, I will know the results by the time this show enters the time capsule. But I I have made a bid wow. for kenjennings.com, and I'm I, I don't do eBay, but I the thing I will bid on. I won't bid on little plastic Shmi Skywalker's, but I will bid on my own name as a .com.
0: How exciting! And then, what are some of the other Ken Jennings's that are out there that are under his umbrella that you might want to swoop in and get?
1: Do you think which ones do you, should I get? Should I get have, .org? Do you have Ken Jennings at Gmail? I mean, I don't. I, you, you, I, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I mean. Dot org. He, dot dot ru. Dot sex. He all the URLs. I don't know if he has dot sex,
0: but I it didn't. It didn't exist.
1: I've often said that dot sex will never be a three letter domain because some people will pronounce it period sex.
0: Oh. You don't like that? That's the kind of thing that you get one million likes on your Twitter, and you really should get arrested. <laughs> if there were if 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 i were in charge
1: he has .org.net.biz does do i get Ken Jennings.biz? Ken Jennings.biz? what would we put up there .cc i'm going to sell my 3d printed uh, what uh, your
0: uh, your plaster caster
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i'm i'm going to make whistles that sound like a, a jeopardy buzzer uh, that's a, that's a sound people like
0: mm-hmm. uh well i don't like it But I do like the discussion that is probably going to result from this conversation over at the Omnibus Futurelings Facebook page and on the Omnibus Futurelings Reddit and uh, TikTok and uh, Scarb uh, Blang and uh, Icky Icky Doodle Wah and all the other great social media sites that have sprung up since this episode
1: aired. I'm sure TikTok will have been banned by the time they hear this.
0: Um, you can mail us Star Wars figurines and death whistles and whatever else you have that you want to get out. Oh, you know, I got an, e- an email from somebody that said um, that, they, that they had their grandfather's, like, very, very questionable artifact from, um, like, a racist past. And they didn't want it. I bet your eyes lit up. They didn't want it in their house, and they didn't want to throw it away. And they were asking me if there was a museum that I could recommend that wanted it and I said I guarantee 100 percent there is not a museum that wants your granddad's um did they say what the item was yeah they did you don't want to re- but I'm not to gonna vaults. reveal it no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna out them too far will you, will you tell me later yeah I'll tell you later okay but I but I did say I will care for this 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 forbidden item uh, in a way that you know that doesn't exploit it and never lets it fall into the wrong hands. I, I I never heard back. I think they may have either. Oh, because I offered them to I offered them the other choice, which was that they should destroy it. They should take it to the mountain of doom and throw it into the fire. Those are the two options: either destroy it and let it let it be gone from the world, or entrust it to me.
1: Um, and they didn't want either one.
0: Well, who knows? They may have destroyed it. They may have actually fallen into the.
1: Oh yeah, maybe they Mount never Doom, made it back. Maybe right. they got attacked by orcs on the That's way to right. on the way to Aura, Druin. And so,
0: or maybe it's in the mail on its way to me. I don't know. Uh, so if you want to send us stuff, your grand your great grandfather's old racist materials, um, which which I only mentioned because people have sent me <laughs> some things, some very questionable things. They didn't know what to do with. <laughs> what do you do with them?
1: That's kind of it. Does kind of raise that question.
0: Uh, oh, you- I just put them in my temple to racism that I'm building. <laughs> <laughs> I'm building in the basement. It, some- it's a sublayer, a sub a sub level. It's it's the eighth level of hell here at the Omnibus Bunker.
1: I'm looking at the mail right now. Did you read the address? I guess you already oh, read it earlier. No, the
0: address is PO Box five five seven four four Shoreline Washington nine eight one five five.
1: Our friend John must have re- re- recalled the um, must have recalled the episode on George Bush's crack dealer because he sent us a. Uh, Button he saw for sale. Oh, that says George H.W. Bush, America's favorite crack dealer. And he's got, he's holding up the, the bag of crack. It spells America with three Ks, which yeah. I feel like we haven't done in a while.
0: America KK.
1: What happened to that? Uh, That's like, a, it's like, Chuck D was not supportive of enough of that, and then we stopped doing it. I think we need to bring it back. It, 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 um,
0: America, it kind of goes along with uh, the uh, Bart Simpson, the like, Black Bart Simpson T-shirts, the the triple extra large ones, where it's like it's a black thing you don't understand. T-shirts, America. Am gay- I gay- am gay- I gay-
1: not gay- allowed it. to say America? Is that appropriation? No, I don't think so. I shouldn't th- say. It, I though. think that that that
0: pin belongs on a denim jacket. Yeah. Uh, from like
1: 1991. John says he's getting a master's in tax accounting, and he liked the Onion Futures episode. And in fact, he wants more uh, uh, shows about market crashes. <laughs> okay. He said we should do the one where – you remember when uh, crude oil was trading, like, negative briefly at the, sure. at the beginning of coronavirus? Yeah. That thank was you. good. Thank you, John. That's a good idea. And thank you for the button. I'll, p- I'll put it on my denim jacket.
0: Um, and then, finally, if you uh, would like to support the show with a financial contribution – we encourage it and greatly appreciate it. We've we've given some teasers about um, some of the benefits that you can accrue to yourself by supporting the show. Like
1: we'll talk about your 3D printer for like an hour,
0: yeah, including yeah, mentioning you and your daughter and your 3D printed skull whistle um, in an episode. But also, you have access to uh, a show that we do every month where we where we cover the addenda. Um, people write in and say actually at us and we take them seriously?
1: We could call the show Errata. Errata, yeah. But that would sound like erotica. Uh,
0: we could do an erotica show. Yeah, that's for if you If you donate at the $100 level, we will uh, send, you a, send you a monthly copy of our erotica show.
1: But it's all just chewing sounds. <laughs> Nobody wants it.
0: Uh, but that's at patreon.com slash omnibusproject and, you know, I, I, we say it but um, I need to Reaffirm it that your support of the show at Patreon has been a great, um, a great help to us and a great. Uh, it's a great
1: joy. It's really the only reason this show exists right now. Yeah. I think like the, the odds that we would be doing the show right now if uh, Patreon had not swooped in to save it are I don't vanishingly small. I don't see how that would have happened.
0: Yeah, it would have been hard to have overcome the obstacles that we managed to overcome if it if it hadn't
1: been for you the listener that sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back a little all those
0: obstacles well but there i mean we spent we spent a year in a
1: limbo a,
0: well in mixlan in a pretty bad limbo in mixlan a limbo where every week we didn't know what the next week was going to be like
1: and there was always some executive type drinking pus out of a skull
0: it was terrible but now look at us Take a look at me now.
1: We're, we're
0: in the weird Eagle Valhalla that only a very a very few... A small
1: number of podcasting <laughs> warriors made it. Listeners, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived before we all headed either to Mictlan or Eagle Valhalla. We hope and pray that the catastrophe that ends it all may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word. But if providence allows... We hope to be back with you soon for another interview in the Omnibus.